Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. One, two, three, four.
telephone commercial can you hear me now so all righty so today's daily word for Sunday July 18th 2021 is realize the affirmation reads I realize the power of spiritual truth I'll say that again I realize the power of spiritual truth yeah that's a whole lot better hmm. and the message reads if you want to close your eyes and listen to the message feel free if not you can read along with me I have had many aha moments throughout my life when something had, a, had befuddled me for years suddenly became clear. It may have been something I tried to learn in school, a skill I practiced and tried to master as I grew, or even an idea that challenged my understanding of the world around me. Whenever I realized something new, I could feel my world expanding opening up before me in fresh and amazing ways, making me eager to discover even more. On my spiritual journey, I feel a similar excitement as I realize I have so much more than a spark of divinity within me. I am fully divine, just as I am fully human. I feel newly alive in this realization and so very grateful for it. And the scripture for today comes from Genesis, it's chapter 28, verse 16. Then Jacob woke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Let us gently close our eyes and pray, please. So I invite you to take a deep cleansing breath and exhale deeply. Do another deep breath, breathing in love. And exhale, I release and let go. And center your attention down in your heart, feeling the peace and the joy and the love of God. There's only one power and one presence active in our lives and in the universe. That is God, God the good omnipotent. And as we tap into that power of God, we tap into the love of God the goodness of God, and we activate our own inner goodness. Because God is one with us, we are absolute good, absolutely, just like God is absolute good, absolutely. And so right now, we allow our human understanding to decrease, open up into our Christ self. Let the Christ increase inside of us that we may understand God's message so deeply that we can't help but go out and be a living expression of it. 
Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. It is done. It is done. It is done. And so it is. Amen. And now let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. Now let's say that two more times. I am an individualized expression of God. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation together. We give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. And now we're going to have our first special song, and then I'll be back with our message. Just okay is not enough Help me fight through the nothingness of life I don't want to go through the motions I don't want to go one more day Without your all-consuming passion inside of me I don't want to spend my whole life asking What if I had given Feed my mind, let your love make me whole. Think I'm finally feeling something. Just okay is not enough. Help me fight through the nothingness of this life. Cause I don't wanna go through the motions. I don't wanna go one more day without your all-consuming passion inside of me.
Can we give them a hand again? If we weren't in COVID, I'd be giving everybody a high five. <laughs> but I got to restrain myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that was exciting. I, I love that song. Um, it, it always moves me when you all sing that song. And thank you, Lauren, for leading that. But, oh, my goodness. I'm, um, I'm full. Last week I was full. I'm full still this week, too. Ah, man, I, mainly because... You know, during COVID, we have thrived. We weren't striving as a church. We have thrived and we've been thriving as a church. And so it, it, it wells me up. And then to be here again, doesn't it feel good to be back in the sanctuary together? And I know it took us a minute, the board and me, to decide this, but we, we took everybody into account. I wanna just take a second, I wanna take a second to honor and respect Jeanette um, Forrest, uh, who passed away. That was one of the main reasons why we really, the board and I really took this seriously because one of our own, one of our own passed from COVID. And so I just wanna just, just, let's just take just a second, just to close your eyes and just take a deep breath and honor her. She was a beautiful spirit. She and her husband, Ty, were beautiful. And so thank you, thank you, God, for letting us know Jeanette, letting us be able to talk to her, letting us be able to experience both of them as a beautiful, a beautiful wedding couple, relationship, and example for us all. Amen. I just wanted to honor her. I'm just full. I'm really full. So we have been discussing this month. Where, well, what I was saying was last week we started talking about the Beatitudes. It's the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Now, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew, is chapters 5, 6, and 7. And as he starts off, he starts off talking about these Beatitudes, which are actually, if you put the words together, this one word, but if you separate the words, is Beatitudes. So it's not like Moses' Ten Commandments where you have to do this, do this, do that. It's a state of being that Jesus is talking about. And when we opened this up last week, we talked about how Jesus saw the multitudes coming in and how he backed up and went up on the mountainside. And when he went on the mountainside, he sat down. And when he sat down, that is when he began to speak. And so we talked about how that means when those times when those thoughts rush in on us, how we step back from the thoughts, step back from the human experience of it and, and move up to a higher expression of it. It's when you commit to seeing it from a higher perspective. And when you commit to seeing it from a higher perspective, whatever's going on in your life, then you root yourself in that higher perspective, waiting for God to share with you what it is that it is will come from your power. So at that time, the 12 disciples came around him, and then he began to speak. He used his power center. That's when we pray over our circumstances. And the first thing he said is, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about that. Now, that is a powerful beginning beatitude because for the other seven to work, you have to be able to empty yourself out and surrender yourself to God. Surrender every aspect of your circumstance of yourself to God. Now, this week, we're going to go into the second beatitude. And the second beatitude is in Matthew. It's chapter 5, verse 4. 
And it says, and I'm going to be reading this from the New Living Translation. It says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In the King James Version, it says, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. So you might have, known, might have heard that, by, that version of it. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And today, the title of my talk are Blessed Are Those Who Mourn. That's the title of my talk. So we're going to discuss this, and we're going to go in deeply. Now, when you first think about this, first of all, be the, the Beatitudes, when you research it, there's a Latin word that this comes from, and that word is Beatitudo. And Beatitudo means blessedness. It's a state of happiness or a state of bliss. It's to feel fortunate is what, what, what it means. So when he's saying, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted, saying that those who are mourning will experience, will be ha moved into happiness. But here, the obvious, what's it when you hear this, blessed are those who mourn, for, or God blesses those who mourn, for they, they shall be comforted. Who does that make you think of initially? Those who are grieving, what? Death, right, the death, the death of a loved one. And of course, Jesus is talking about that. Anyone had a deep grieving period from someone you lost? Especially our parents, right? Especially our parents. And there may be people in here who have lost a child. You know, my, when my, my mom transitioned, my, it did, did not fit. My grandmother said it just was out of order. It just it took her. She could not get over it. She could not get over it. And if you, but, and then if you lose the death, some of us have left loss and didn't even realize it because when we, it was when we were born, maybe a twin. But, you're, but you still have moments where you go through a grieving period. Some of us may have lost a sibling or a really close friend. During those grieving, during that process of grieving, it, it is a deep moving inside of you of sadness and turmoil. And, and it's, it's a feeling of darkness in there, there, right? When I think about my sister, sometimes I feel that way too. But the beautiful part about that is that if you let God take over that grieving process with you, because during the first Beatitude, it means I empty myself out, and I know that of, of my own, I can't do this on my, I can't do this of myself, that with God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And in this process of grieving those who we've lost, in this process of grieving and going into a deep feeling of loss in those situations, if you step into the, the experience, remember in the beginning of the situation, the thoughts well in on you, the emotions well in on you, it becomes overwhelming. And remember before, the, before Jesus even spoke, on the Sermon on the Mount, he stepped back from the, uh, the mount, multitude of people that, that gathered, which represents those multitude of thoughts, those multitude of emotions, those, thought, those feelings of loss, that deep feeling of loss. You have to step back from it first. You have to do that first part that Jesus did before he even spoke. You have to step back, center yourself and root yourself in God, and then turn it over to God. It does not mean you deny it. Because you're fully human and you're fully spirit. You take your human self and you put it in the hands of your spirit self. You ask your spirit to come forth and guide you through this process. 
You ask your spirit to come forth and give it to you what is rich in the situation that will strengthen you and make you, when you get to the other end of that tunnel, make you stronger in the process. And then when you get to the tunnel again, you take the, those emotions that are going to well in on you and you step back, you go to a higher perspective of it. God, I know I'm feeling these emotions. My dad and I used to, when my mom passed for five years, I'd go over and I'd sit with my dad every other Friday when my kids were with their father and we would sit and those moments it seemed like we were on a cycle of grieving together and we would sit there and we'd let the feelings come and we'd acknowledge my mother and once we got to the point where we could feel it we'd start talking about funny things about her we see we moved to a higher perspective of it and we started talking about things that made us laugh about her so that instead of worrying and being in that turmoil about her we still acknowledged her but we laughed and we brought joy into the situation and now even this she passed in 2005. So this is 2021. This is 16 years later, right? I think it's 16 years. So now we do the same thing. The same thing. If I'm having, we call it a Fran moment. Or my, when my dad calls me, he calls it a Fran moment. And he's remarried, but he still has his moments where he misses his first love. Birthdays, their anniversary, it's in him. So he steps back from it and calls one of us. Or we text each other and say, happy birthday, mama. Happy anniversary. Then we say something funny, and we all end up laughing. So you still honor the person. You honor the circumstance. You honor the situation that you've experienced with those persons, because that's part of you. It's part of your soul. So it's not saying that you'll be comforted because you deny that part of yourself. It's saying as you move into the process of letting God walk with you, letting God walk with you, you'll be strengthened in the process. Jesus never denied himself. He weeped when Lazarus had transitioned. When he knew Lazarus was sleeping, he knew Lazarus, he, what he was going to do. But he felt, the, he felt everybody, the multitudes, grieving. And he wept too. He honored that part of himself that loved Lazarus, and he wept too. Then he went and prayed, and he said, I'm saying this out loud because, so they can hear you, me, because I already know, but I want to pray out loud so they know what to do, how to step back, how to move to a higher perspective, and how to root yourself in it and then pray from that place with a power center, the throat. And speak out those things that be not as though they were. Lazarus, come forth. And I'm asking you all, when you're going through your mourning periods, your grieving periods, let yourself step back. Root yourself in the truth and speak forth. Lazarus, come out, which means bring out the gold in the situation. Bring out the good feelings in the situation. Bring, bring yourself to a higher perspective of living through the process, but not term of being suffering through the process. You don't have to suffer to remember someone who's lost. Who's, been, who's transitioned, who's moved to a higher expression, they're always with you. Now, that's the first time, that's the most obvious form of mourning that Jesus is talking about. But in his book, Sermon on the Mount, Emmett Fox talks about suffering from circumstances, grieving and mourning circumstances, family issues, quarrels, anytime that you have a uh, financial issues or something. I'm sure there were many people during this COVID experience and probably still that are grieving and mourning. Loss of a job, loss of a circumstance, loss of business, all of those things. Can you imagine that? People are grieving those things. 
That's also what Jesus is talking about, too. That's an emotional level, not with somebody who you've lost, but circumstances or situations or a job. I remember when I got uh, let go from a job because they were downsizing. I was kind of upset about that. I grieved that money. (laughs) But that's another area that Jesus is talking about. But the most powerful way that we mourn, even with those two included in this third way, is the grieving of the soul when you're out of alignment with God. There's a part of you that feels off kilter. We, like I said, we're fully human and we're fully spirit. But we were created to live in the spirit through the human expression. Does that make sense? We are spiritual beings governed by a spiritual universe and we're here to express through the spirit in ourselves the, in the human realm. And Jesus expressed that in Luke, chapter 22, verse 41 through 44. This is when he was on a sermon at the uh, Gethsemane, right before he got arrested. He could feel the moments of everybody in the world when they're moved away from God, when they're consciously focused on something other than God. There's this part of you that feels the loss. It's a deep feeling of loss. You ever had a moment where you're feeling melancholy or you're feeling sadness or you're feeling this grieving process or you're just feeling off kilter? Anyone had a moment where you're just feeling off kilter? That's when you've unconsciously veered away from God. And your soul is calling forth to be heard. And the only way for you, for it to get your attention is to activate those grieving emotions inside of you. And when Jesus is going to, he's about to be crucified, when he's knowing what he's about to experience, but part of what he came here to do was to show us how to move back into the consciousness of God when we have those moments when we've unconsciously moved away from God. So in those moments that he's feeling everybody in the world and every hurt in the world and every grieving in the world and every suffering in the world, he's so open and so empathic that he feels it. And I promise you, I know that feeling because when things go on in the world, when 9 11 happened when the, the uh, George Floyd had the knee on his neck when the the, the top the apartment went down in Florida when uh, the shootings went on I've had either a nightmare before it or I've had even a, a moment before it I've had my moments of grieving it too so I know those feelings I know it so when I say this part that I'm talking about with Jesus I know what it felt like he said his soul was grieving And he asked his disciples to pray with him. And in Luke chapter 22, verse 41, it says, He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. His emotions were overwhelmed because he felt he was in tune with, he was here to be, help us to be the expression of how to move into alignment with God. But you can't do that until you understand fully what it means to be out of alignment with God. And he was feeling it deeply. And he said, Father, take this cup of suffering away if you're willing. And then he says, 
This is verse 42, the, it, part of that. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. In that moment that he said, I want your will to be done, not mine, he took the human part of himself and realigned it to his, his, his spirit. The soul is grieved when you're not in alignment with God. Why is that? Because it is in the soul that you meet God. You are conscious, you're subconscious, and you're a superconsciousness. That's what you are. And when your consciousness is rooted inside of your subconsciousness, you've aligned your soul with the superconsciousness of Christ in you, the Son of God in you. He was feeling all of those moments when we're not aligned. He was taking it on fully. And I promise you, it's difficult to counsel somebody or be there with somebody if you haven't experienced it yourself. I remember during my counseling, during my training and ministry, I had to go into an AA meeting just to see how it was because that's part of the thing. <laughs> and so I went in and I was sitting there. And I guess, you know, you, 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 it goes in a circle, whatever. And I said something. They said, are you uh, in recovery? I said, no. He said, then you can't speak. I was like, oh. It's the truth. I couldn't speak. I didn't know what it is to be in recovery. So I just sat there and listened and felt the energy and felt how they support, how you support each other in recovery groups because you know and you understand it. You know when someone's in a weak moment what to say and how to connect with them. Jesus connected with all of us in this moment. That's the deepest part that he's talking about in this beatitude. God blesses those who mourn, for you are comforted. But you're only comforted if you do what Jesus did. Go inside of your heart. Go inside of your soul and pray. Then he says, uh, then it says, after he said, not my, uh, not, uh, I want your will to be done, not mine. That's when you've rooted and you've sat in the spirit. It says, then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. When you go into your moments of turning it over to God, everything that you think you know about the situation, all of the areas that you're grieving, you turn that over. Take your human and turn it into the spirit. Turn it over to your spirit. Go inside, tap into the spirit inside of you. What you're doing is you're tapping into the Holy Spirit that Jesus calls the comforter. And the Holy Spirit guides you through it. Doesn't stop you from going, because you're supposed to go through it. Guides you through it. And then it said, this is how I know it guides you through it. After the angel came and comforted him and strengthened him, he prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to, fell to the ground like drop, great drops of blood. He was comforted through the experience, not relieved from the experience. Sometimes we want to come out of the experience and we don't want to go through it. But just like I love what Bruce Lee says, don't pray for the situation to be removed. Remove, pray to be strengthened and to walk through that situation. I'm ad-libbing what he says, but that's what I love that. And this is what Jesus did. After he was comforted, he still allowed himself to grieve the rest of the expression and re realign with God. So there's three ways that we grieve. You can grieve someone's transi transition, you can grieve different circumstances emotionally or whatever is taken, that you feel like is taken away from you. But all of that ignites and triggers the grieving that the soul experiences 
when you're not aligned with God. So the solution is to pray unceasingly, to stay aligned with God, to talk to God even more than you talk to your spouse, your best friend, or your loved ones to sit rooted in that seat of the soul that Zary, Zary Zukov calls it. Sit in the subconscious mind, in the seat of the soul. And that's what Jesus did. He showed us here how to move ourselves back. Now, there are going to be times when we're distracted by life. That's what life does. Life distracts us. And you'll know it when you're having some kind of turmoil going on inside of you. Do like Jesus did. Step away from the situation. Look at it from a higher perspective. Root yourself in that higher perspective. Allow the spirit to walk with you through the process to the other end of the tunnel. And I promise you there will be more tunnels until you transition to a high, then graduate to the higher expression of life. There will be other tunnels. But wouldn't it be perfect if you're already aligned with God when a human starts going through his appearances? Let yourself continue to be aligned with God. I will always step in the, how you want me to say it, God? Let me just hear. Let me hear you. I acknowledge my Christ self. Together, I acknowledge my Christ self. I will, I will live rooted in the spirit in me. Together, I will live rooted in the spirit in me. I allow God to comfort me through any situation. Together, I allow God to comfort me through any situation. Blessed are those who mourn, for they should be comforted. Now, there was this young boy, I was, as I was studying this, uh, whose name was uh, Michael uh, Gustafson. He was 10 years old when he found out that he had a pediatric brain tumor. He had, some he had a tumor in his brain, and then he lived five more years. And during that process, he came to an, uh, an enlightened experience. He was 14 when he wrote this letter to his um, friends and family before he passed away. And in that, he said that he wanted to give his body to research so that no one could ever have, no child could ever, would ever have to go through that again. And then he started a foundation, Swiftly Foundation. In that letter, he said, I can't wait to get to heaven to hug God. And I realized when I, when I heard, the, uh, heard about that, that all he had to do was hug himself. And he was hugging God. So right now, I ask you all, take yourself and hug yourself deeply. And I want you to say from the spirit in you, I love you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Depend on me. I am your comforter. Peace be still and know that I am the God in you. And that's all you have to do. If you forget, hug yourself. When you hug yourself, you're hugging God. You're acknowledging the God in you. And then you get up and let the God in you take over, guide you in what is yours to do, knowing that God will do God. And know that all is well. That is putting your hand into the hand of the comforter and letting the comforter walk you through the process and realign you by strengthening you and reminding you who you are. You are God. Namaste.
Now we'll have the music come up, music team come up.
blessing. So I um, invite you to take whatever it is you're giving. We, we do suggest, if you can, to still do it online, to go into unityfh.com, hit that donate button and do it that way. But if you're giving here, take your, bring your love offering in your hand. And those of you who are watching, just take a deep breath, close your eyes, and just bring to mind the love offering that you're giving to Unity of Farmington Hills today. And now let us go ahead and acknowledge our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And now, like I said, if you're giving online, go to the unityfh.com, click on that donate button, and you can give that way through credit card, debit card, or PayPal. Remember when you make your purchases. Link your account, your smile.amazon account, to Unity of Frampton Hills, because every time you buy, you also donate, because uh, Amazon donates uh, proceeds from your purchases to Unity of Frampton Hills. For those of you who are out in the uh, online world and you want to send in your donations, send them to Unity of Frampton Hills, 
32500 West 13 Mile Road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48334. <laughs> and the angel fund. I was about to say that. I was just looking at you because I was just, doom, doom. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, where's my da doom, doom, dude? Okay, we're going to do it again. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Ready? There we go. Thank you. I was waiting for it. Now, the angel fund. We do have a new angel fund for those people in Unity of Farmington Hills who may be in need financially if you're in financial dire straits. So if you want to donate to the angel fund, go to the website, just like I said, unityfh.com. When you, when you hit the drop-down button, hit the angel fund, and you can donate through there or send in your donations to Unity of Farmington Hills. For those of you who may want to apply to Unity of Farmington Hills angel fund, you can go ahead and send me an email at seniorminister at unityfh.com, and we'll walk you through the process. Hey, babe. Hey, oh, look at this. The overflow has more folks up there. Hey, guys, ladies. All righty. So now we are, I think I covered everything. We are going to stand up and do our, our prayer circle. And then we're going to also do the peace song after the prayer circle. We're not going to tote hands or anything. We'll just stay where you are. And I want you to gently close your eyes and bring to mind those people who you feel may need prayer, even if that person is you. And take a deep breath. And God, right now, as we feel and, and hear the names come to mind of those who we are praying with, we're not saying praying for because we're not acknowledging lack. We're saying praying with because we're acknowledging and affirming that that which their soul is desiring to acknowledge and affirm and, and feel and experience is already there. And so right now we put their names in this virtual prayer circle knowing that you are doing what you do inside of them. And we love you, God, for the ways that you always heal us, comfort us, and are there with us. And so we thank you, God, for blessing each and every person whose name we are putting out right now, even if that name is us. Also, God, we, bless you, we thank you for blessing Unity of Farmington Hills, everybody connected to Unity, Farmington, to Unity of Farmington Hills and the world. In the mighty name and nature of that indwelling Christ, we pray. Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. And now let us do our, affirm our prayer for protection together, which shall pop on the screen. There we go. My baby's on time. <laughs> My husband's doing the right. PowerPoints up there. Power running the show. We got a new technician, Berkeley, who uh, is doing it too. That's right. He's the Good one that told to me. And we got Dave here on the piano in place of Nicholas helping us out That's too. That's right, Dave Cowie <laughs> on the ivory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like your sidekick here. Okay, Lord, you can't do it when I'm talking because you make me laugh too much. Sorry. All right, let's do our prayer for protection together. The light My of God, God surrounds us. us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. And now let us sing our prayer for protection. Yay, God! We're going to sing our prayer for protection together. A peace song together. We're going to sing the prayer. Thank you, thank you. We can sing the prayer for protection. I know, but you don't want to hear me sing that. Let's do the peace song. There we go.
Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.